Welcome to the Old Fashioned Breakdown Podcast, a rewatch podcast for the incredible TV show Mad Men. My name is Fola Olukumbi. And my name is Helen Varley. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, comment and subscribe. That was a little push for you guys. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can now do so on Twitter, which is at breakdown underscore old, or you can email us on oldfashioned.breakdown at gmail.com. This week, we'll be looking at Season 1, Episode 9, entitled Shoot. In this episode, Don is courted by a bigger company, Betty attempts to return to work, and Pete has a bright idea. Right, what do you think of this? Well, I mean, Shoot is, is, a, is a double entendre. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about that Shoot name, shall we? Let's, let's, let's start from there, that's a good idea. Okay. Um, yeah, so shoot comes up a, a bunch of times, doesn't it? It sure does. It comes up with the with the birds. It comes up with the dog, like when the guy threatens to shoot the dog. Camera. It comes, the, it comes up with the camera. Yep, the photo shoot, and it comes in also comes in a a, a way where like you know when you shoot your shot. I don't know if they meant that, but like you know a lot of people shoot their shot in this episode. Um, shoot their what, shot. What does yeah. that mean? It means when you take a shot at something, it seems like, uh, well, it's what, oh. the kids say, it's what the kids say when they talk about, um, you know, chatting each other up and stuff I'm like taking that. a shot at that. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> it's more, it's literally Give more it a shoot shot. shot. But um, yeah. Um, and shoot also, your shot as in like, as in like sexual. Well, no, but I, I know what you mean, <laughs> but no. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's enough no. about that. Yeah, let's move on from that. Um, let's move on. And there's an, there is another there is another um, there is another example of shoot, um, which is Andy Warhol, who was um, uh, you know the big pop pop art um, artist from the sixties. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gets referenced in passing, um, and I think that kind of points to what you know the underlying theme of this episode is. Um, I fuck, right, we're gonna try and do this short today, so I'm not gonna try and drag it out. So basically, I think the underlining philosophy for this episode uh, is um, uh, pop art, populism, and demagoguery. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think this episode is about birds. <laughs> and cages <laughs> and money and power that's what i think i don't know what conglobbery blobbery is or whatever you said but <laughs> it's really weird because it comes out of nowhere and i totally understand why people would be like what the hell does that mean um so demagogue demagoguery or demagogues the best example of a demagogue is um very on donald trump um also Boris Johnson, yeah. So they're kind of like modern, sort of like I don't even know their names because I, I have no respect for them whatsoever. Yeah, and there's other ones as well. There's obviously like Hitler and all these kind of very kind of <laughs> very loud sort of aggressive sort of bosses, um, uh, or not necessarily bosses, but uh, leaders of countries that kind of take over countries and sort of prey on people's needs. But I'll go into what they are 
Um, actually, I'll go into what they are now. Hang on, before I do, what did you think of this episode? And then I'll sort of like go into all my crap. Um, well, I enjoyed this episode. I feel yeah. for the women again in this episode. I feel like you haven't mentioned her yet, but poor Peggy gets a bit of a battering, doesn't she? She really Bless does, her. Yeah. With her. She's just ripping her clothes left, right and centre is a... Poor Peggy yeah, at the minute. She is, um, she? That's a good <laughs> she point, man. She needs some I new clothes. <laughs> um, so, time. you know, yeah, and I think uh, with, in, as in, in two episodes as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think uh, there's also a Betty, it has a, has a brilliant storyline, I think, in this. Her arc, I think, in this episode is really nice. And I actually feel like I like her a lot more now than I did. Um, okay. Not that I ever massively disliked Betty. But yeah, yeah. I feel like she's grown on me more because of this episode. Because I really feel like this episode, you see beyond the ha- trying to be the perfect housewife and trying to be like I think you see that her journey that she's been on and how out of control everything is in her life. Like yeah, and 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 not by no fault of hers almost yeah. by the fact that think things just seem to happen to her and she's and there's that that line that she says which is about you know. What am I supposed to do? Like smoke in the house and let it go until I'm in a box or whatever, which yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. just, you know, I think uh, that it, that sent it... shivers down my spine because I was like, oh my God, that's so, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you say that about Betty because considering what the, the show is about. So, um, so we'll go into, we'll, we'll, we'll look at each character later on, but I'll just, I want to describe what a demagogue is, um, and then we can kind of like sort of explore each each storyline as we go. So like demagogue basically is a leader of the common people. Um, there's like four rules. Um, a guy whose name I can't remember and I should remember uh, came up with like four rules um, for how to describe them. Um, they fashion themselves as a man or a woman of the common people as opposed to uh, the elites. You know, the kind of, you know how like um, Donald Trump will talk about how you know all these like celebrities and like all these kind of people who think they're special um, are trying to take over the country and all this kind of stuff and the same with like boris johnson as well they talk about elites and how they want to get out away get away from brexit because you know they want to they want a brexit because you know all, all those elites over there in europe are trying to take over everything and stuff um so that that's one of that's one way to look at them i honestly said i wasn't going to mention those two guys today but there's too many things that kind of like come up. Um, if you are, if anyone's listening and is a kind of um, into those people, then uh, yeah. Anyway, the second. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Good <laughs> the luck. Second, the second. Um, so the second thing is their politics depend on a visceral connection with the people. So that's why I said it was interesting that you kind of connected with uh, Betty in this episode, uh, because like they kind of you know in the same way the two guys I mentioned kind of have that real sort of, uh, their, their politics are based on the fact that people really connect with them. And it's all, and it's great when they're sort of, when, you know, when Boris Johnson's on Have I Got News For You or when, um, uh, what's his name's running um, uh, The Apprentice and stuff like that. That's fantastic. But it feels a bit weird when they're uh, running countries, uh, to me anyway. Um, so that's the second thing. The third thing is they manipulate the connection and pull up, they manipulate the connection and popularity for their own ends. Um, so, you know, there's, I'm not going to 
I don't know for sure, but there's loads of allegations running around those two. And they break rules of conduct and institutions and laws. Um, and, and that's kind of, yeah, that's another thing that we, we kind of see or we kind of hear about, about, um, you know, in, in current situations. Um, and it's really weird that all these rules came up like years and years. These have been like established rules of dem demagoguery for like years and years and years before anything that's going on now. So um, it's fascinating to read. Like uh, Plato, uh, the Greek sort of philosopher from God knows whatever, he came up with like an idea of what demagoguery. I mean, in fact, the, I think the term comes from uh, the Greek word. So there's loads of... Uh, it's kind of just weird. Do you know what I mean? There's just lots of uh, parallels and stuff. So, and I feel like all the way through this episode, there's like little nods to it. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, before we go on as well, there's the, there's a couple of things that they kind of rely on. Um, you know, in a similar way that to the to the episode where we talked about um, repression. I'm just going to list these ways, and then as we come across them, I'll sort of like point them out. So there's scapegoating. Fear-mongering, lying, emotional autory and uh, personal charisma, promising the impossible, violence and physical intimidation, personal insults and ridicule, vulgarity and outrageous behavior, folksy posturing, um, gross oversimplifications, oversimplifications of problems, uh, attacking the news media and establishing one man, one rule, um, uh, one man rule, uh, subverting the, the rule of law. And so those are all the different ways in which they can kind of like all that stuff that I talked about before can kind of come out. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's go into the actual episode and sort of talk about each character and, and see what we come up with. Yeah. OK, let's talk about. Uh, should we talk about Pete first? Because I don't actually let's talk about Betty because she's kind of she has quite a lot to do in this one. And we already. Yeah, with her, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so what, when do we first see Peggy in this? Well, be, I, so well, you said you I, let's, let's, <laughs> Fola, right? You need to get this right for next week, okay? Yes. When he yeah. says, when Fola says Peggy, he means Betty, and when oh. he says Betty, he means <laughs> Peggy, because honestly, in in the last <laughs> sentence, you said, "Oh, let's let's talk about Betty." So when do we first see Peggy in the episode? Like, honestly, you need you to think, sort it out. You've been drinking, friend. You think I'd know by now? Wouldn't you? you think I'd know the names of the characters? They're not even yes. similar names, though. It's not like it's Betty and <laughs> Betsy. It's like Peggy and Betty are two totally different names. Totally, yes, you're right. Um, so <laughs> Betty does some weird... So I guess the weird thing with this episode is like we see um, Don and Betty... Uh, I'm just making sure i got the right name right. Um, we see Don and Betty get... Um, essentially get seduced by um, uh, by Jim, uh, this uh, this um, the, the boss of McCann and Erickson, right? And... Um, yes. Yeah, she, and, and she's kind of... I guess she kind of falls for it, hook, line, and say, oh, What did you think of the uh, scene when her talking to a friend about the uh, the French, the the the, the Italian um, designer? Let me talk you through where I'm at with Betty, <laughs> right? Let me talk you through it. So op opening scene, right? So she's in the garden, yes. beautiful garden, children, dogs. Guy lets his pigeons out or doves or whatever they are. And she like looks mm -hmm. at them, watches well, them. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, but you know, she watches them. It's all very beautiful. She's watching the work, the, the birds go off and fly away before, you know, as they come out of the cage, it's like, it's magical. Yep. It's beautiful. And you mm -hmm. just think, oh, it's typical Betty living her suburban yeah. dream. 
um, etc., yes. etc. Et then it cuts to her in what could be considered because I think she appears really uncomfortable in this scene in the theatre, um, where you know it's, it's Jim, isn't it? His name's Jim. Yes. Yeah, he Jim, when yeah. he he comes up to he comes up to Don. They have a little bit of a like, you know, or he's kind of schmoozing him a bit. Betty comes over. Uh, and that that seems really uncomfortable. Like it's almost like once they leave the two of them alone, um, mm-hmm. she she sort of lights a cigarette. Cause she doesn't know what to say. And I think I've noticed with Be- Betty, whenever she doesn't know what to say, she lights a cigarette. If yes, you watch her, like of, even in the psychiatrist like, yeah. bit, whenever she doesn't know what to say, her instant reaction is to, to is to smoke a cigarette, which is yes. which is a, which is very true because it's like. Whenever I was back in the day when I went clubbing, you know, and went out partying, whenever I'd got to a point where I'd had enough or I didn't know what to say, I'd go and have a cigarette somewhere. Um, you know, and I think I think it's very much with, with Betty. You don't see it so much. She's not. It's just she's obviously very uncomfortable in that yeah. world, in that sort of like she thinks that she should be there, but she isn't really that comfortable with it. And especially because she instantly thinks he's like hitting on her yeah well yeah. he kind of is he kind of is he's hitting on both of them i think that but he's think but he's not makes... i don't think he is i think this is this is the thing with this is how they jim is sort of the link in the storyline because jim in my opinion is like basically advertising personified so he's right. like this is he is what advertising is he's selling a lifestyle and he sells a lifestyle to dom don yeah. and then he straight away sells another one to to betty and betty's sort of like you know she's a bit less she's a bit more coy than than don should we say she's a bit like really i'm not sure because for the last 10 or so years she's obviously not been told that she's anything more than a housewife and suddenly this person's showing interest her of course she's instantly like i'm not really sure if this guy's coming on to me or if this is a genuine thing then he Mm -hmm. gives her the card and she sees that as a as a business transaction Mm mm-hmm I, in my head, she does. Can anyway. I? Can I? Can I say something about that card? Go on then. <clears throat> and the reason I say um, Jim is um, seducing them both is that the scene before Be- Betty's therapy session is when Don is talking to um, uh, Jim on the phone, and Jim starts sending all this kind of stuff, and like, and and the last shot of that scene is Don looking at the card that Jim sent him. And then in the next scene, the very first thing that um, that Betty says is, well, she's talking about, she's basically talking about how Jim gave her the card. I can't remember how she, I can't remember the exact first thing she says, but it's something about, yeah, he gave me his card. Um, so I can I feel like the, the show is trying to draw some parallels between the two of them there. Before we move on as well, before we go on with uh, with Betty's story, um, when they're in the um, lobby of the, uh, the musical, there's a bit where uh, Jim is talking to Betty and he's talking to her, her about, like she's telling her she looks like Grace Kelly, mm-hmm. who, who uh, just as a, as a side thing, did you know that, that Grace Kelly, um, she gave up acting to become a princess? 
Yes, I did. Uh, I had no idea about that. Did <laughs> you not know that? Idea. No, I did not know that. She's um, she's Princess of Monaco, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane. But anyway, so she gave up acting to become... She was taken away from this life of acting that she had to become a princess, which is kind of obviously points to what happens in this episode. Uh, but there's another point where Jim's talking to her and he sort of mentions the whole thing about... Um, uh, Betty looking like um, looking like Grace Kelly and that she'd be good uh, to advertise and he specifically says um, that Betty would look good with a green bottle and a red setter and then when he says that the um, the intermission lights go off so this you're kind of jarred into like into the scene and you're like okay what just happened there and um, I didn't really understand what it meant. I was kind of like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, what, what, what do they? Like, I knew what a red setter is. It's a dog, right? I didn't know what I didn't know what it meant by like the green bottle thing. Mm. And um, it just so happens uh, that our friend Andy, uh, what's his name? Warhol. Andy, Andy Warhol um, has an art installation called. Um, Co- green coca-cola bottles right so i looked so i looked up andy warhol and then it kind of and there's loads of stuff i didn't know about andy warhol but the point about that andy warhol did and, and andy warhol for this week is going to be this week's uh, philosopher um, andy warhol's oh cool whole, i love andy warhol <laughs> andy warhol's so okay so you'll be able to tell you probably better explain this better than i don't because i don't really understand i don't really know much about him but andy from what i read andy warhol um whole thing about um pop art was it was like this whole sort of art where you had the glamour of the art world and you had the commerce of um of business and it's kind of like blending the two together which created pop art which is a kind of art that could be sort of consumed by ordinary people and wasn't didn't have all the highfalutin kind of you know all the pomp and ceremony of like you know traditional art, and that's kind of what the theme of that the theme of this episode is is that whole kind of the you know you've got the glamour and you've got like the you you, you can see like the working man sort of thing uh, juxtaposed against the glamour and how the kind of the two kind of mix together. So like a perfect example is that when you said the whole thing about whether those whether the birds are doves or whether they're pigeons. Um, that kind of gets uh, um, pointed out later on in the episode. Then there's a the whole thing where right at the beginning where Betty's sort of like in the garden with the guy and the guy who's kind of like letting the birds out of the thing is like, you know, just a normal sort of like working class guy. And then Betty's there with her sun, sungla- sun, sunglasses on and a like nice dress and everything. And she's looking like really glamorous. And then there's this scene that we come up to where um, we have um, Francine and Betty in the in the room and there's kind of first of all Betty mentions the fact that she went to Italy and like Francine's like really sort of impressed with that and she's like ooh Italy and then they talk about this um this guy this um guy that Betty met that basically just gave her um gave her these dresses like for no reason whatsoever um but that's more about demagoguery um but yeah, so there's like loads of little things. And I'm not going to go into them all because we've only got an hour. So, um, But yes, we should move on to what else happens to Betty in this. Um, 
what else happened to Betty? So Oh, no, so we a... have we haven't really talked about the scene where she is like I only just mentioned it now, but we haven't really talked oh, about it. Oh, I now. love that scene when she's with <laughs> when she's with Tantine and she's like, I, w- I went to Italy. Yeah, I love that. And then she's like, Oh, and, and this designer, he made all these clothes just for me and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then she's like, it's like teenagers, she's like trying them on. And I think well, so, and... Go on. So, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was just going to say, when she's trying on all those dresses, if you look at all those dresses, they all have like a quite a pop art aesthetic to them. The one that she has on does maybe. The next one she picks up is more of a princess dress, I think. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Um, but then there's like all the ones on the floor that you can like, see them all sort of like up against each other. And they kind of have this kind of, to me anyway, they sort of have a... A, a sort of feel of like pop artistry to them all if you kind of like have, considering how many different pop art sort of like installations i've looked at this weekend some of them <laughs> kind of lean towards that so yeah um but go on yeah. sorry, what were you saying no i mean i think the thing about that scene is, is i think that's the turning point that's when <laughs> betty really starts to take this as a as potentially a real thing this is when this is when the dream is sold. So she's been ad this this the idea of being a model again has been advertised to her. First of all, like all yeah. adverts, you're like, oh, it's not going to be real. That's not a real thing. It's like when you see those adverts on Facebook that are like, this will clean all the mold from your bathroom, and then it still doesn't. <laughs> but she, um, but I think this is the moment where she starts to think, oh, this could be real because she she starts to remember. And I think the key element of this scene is also how little Francine knows about her. So she did, she, right. she says, oh, I was a model. And she's like, oh, I'm not surprised. Which, you know, is fairly, I mean, she looks like a model, so it's not that surprising. But then she yeah. says, oh, and when I was in college in Italy or whatever she said, I used to model, I used to do some modeling over there and I had this designer friend and he used to make outfits just for me, Giovanni. Um, <laughs> and then she goes and she puts on the models and she enjoys modeling for her friend. And her friend is seeing, I think, something completely different in her and i think that that is what makes it appealing is that she's not just betty the housewife she's suddenly betty the model and i think that's that's when you really see the switch in in her actually really really wanting this um okay yeah um yeah so yeah i i agree she's kind of from a character point of view she's kind of that's where she kind of uh her eyes light up a bit i think um and then what happens to betty you got the phone call with um, Jim, and then it moves over to Betty in therapy. Um, I love this scene as well. I just thought, you know, I think there's there's a very weird mother relationship going on here. I mean, that's yeah. pretty, for for an analytical podcast, that's probably a really dumbass observation. But like, <laughs> I think a lot of this. I mean, I think you, the. Do you know what? There's so many lines that I loved in this in her speech here, and my favorite has to be. I like hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, no. So, okay. So think about it. Like that's Betty's, that's Betty, like this glamorous person saying how she likes these kind of like these food of the people. Um, so it's kind of, it still kind of sticks with that theme of the, of the, the what's it? The demagoguery thing. But um, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, this is what I mean. It's, I feel like she becomes more human when she's, when she's not so caught up in her, in her role. Um, right. And I think, you know, she starts talking about how her relationship with her mother was was strange and how it's how it's affected sort of the whole course of her life because you know her mother wasn't wanting her to be thin because of health reasons she wanted her to be thin to 
find a man and i think and i think you know that is what happened and then and then that's when she says that great line about you know letting it go and living in a box but then she also what i like about this scene is she also talks about how she met don and he was copywriting for the fur company or whatever and you see a little bit about how they came together and it's almost like back then she had the power do you see what i mean that whole shift of like she said no she didn't want to go on a date with him and then he had to i imagine scrimp and save to afford to buy her those one of those coats which would have been a few thousand dollars easily you know i I didn't see it like that at all well i did i i know what you mean but when she was talking about that story all i could think of was that how don wouldn't take no for an answer and basically pursued her and seduced her into marrying him because then she talks about how then she got pregnant and then she just like sat in a house which no and i agree that i agree until that point though but she you know she said oh he was he was he he was uh, outspoken or opinionated she said i like that about him but then he asked me out and i said no which is very much you know and this is for any men out there it's very much a like it's a power move to be able to say no to a guy the same way if it's a it's a sort of like especially if you're a hot girl it's like you she's she probably got asked out all the time right and it's like he's at that point he was just another guy and you're right he did seduce her because he seduced her through effort and through doing something very personable and very 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 charming that most men wouldn't go to that effort so i agree that there was then you know an element of Don Don's seduction, but I think at the very beginning of all this, she was the model and he was the copywriter. Right, she yeah, had she had all true. the power. She was the she was the desirable one. Well, she well, was the think, one. Think about that's that that brings it back to um to pop art again, doesn't it? Like he's like this working class guy, and she's this glamorous sort of model kind of woman. Yeah, yeah, and he turned her into a housewife. Um, <laughs> I guess he did, didn't it? Kind and of swapped over, I guess. That's it. And then the balance shifted, and then, like she says, sort of before she knew it, she was living in um, the you know up, upstate and sort of spent her days in the house cooking food and caring staring for him. Yeah, yeah, and staring out the window. <laughs> um, oh, poor Betty. Um, yeah. So, so that's that scene. Uh, then we move on to what was the next scene with Betty? Uh, oh, yes. So Betty's like in the mag- in the kitchen reading a magazine and then Don comes in and um, they talk about distractions. And, oh, yeah. uh, and Don sort of, Don sees the cake in the fridge and like gets really sort of distracted by it. And Betty says it's half, it's not cooked. And uh, to me, the reason I like it is again, it's, it's me coming back to the whole um, demagoguery thing where um, Betty... Well, basically, it's a half baked. It's a half baked cake, right? Like right. a half baked, like a half baked idea. So that um, part of the uh, um, part of what um, populism kind of populist leaders do is they have these half baked ideas. These kind of like things where they just think things up and they sort of like say, "I don't know, I'm going to build a wall," and they don't really think it through. They just kind of like they'll just say whatever they can to get people on 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 board. And in this whole scene, like Betty's kind of like she's basically saying whatever she can. She's like, I can, I don't have to look after the kids. I mean, I'll look after the kids. I'll get back in time and all this kind of stuff. And Don's kind of, you tell he's not sure, but she's kind of like convincing him. Um, she's convincing him that he uh, that she she'll be nothing's going to change and everything's going to be the same. She just wants to do this little thing. So he's kind of like 
seems to be okay with it, I think. But um, in the back of his mind, you can tell he's not really sure. Do you, do, do you see where I'm coming from? Oh my God, Don totally doesn't want her to do that. Um, and this is and this yeah, is yeah, right, yeah. absolutely this is the thing is it's like again it's that it's the whole balance of power shifting I mean the whole way through this episode Don holds all the cards consistently it's like he has he's basically in a position of power because if he's not being desired he's being fought for uh, and he's also he does, yeah. getting you know, people are get, trying to get permission, like Betty's trying to get permission from him. You know, yeah. it's very sort of like, he he basically is just sitting back and sort of almost lapping <laughs> it up. Because um, yeah. it's like he, but, but I think, you know, he's, his reasons are different from Betty's reasons. Because he, she obviously suddenly has this idea, this romantic idea that it's going to be great. She's going to go back into modeling. She's going to have her own life. She's going to be a Manhattan girl again, yeah. you know. And I think he knows that there's going to be a price to pay for that. Um, and I think he, he also knows that that's going to make her more desirable to other men. Like he can't keep her in her cage, if you Very see what true. I mean. Like she she won't be able to, she won't be staying in the house all the time. She'll be going out, she'll be going to parties. It's you know, she'll be going to the city. Thing, yeah. yeah, it's a huge control thing. And I think he doesn't want to let his bird out of the cage. But I think he almost lets her do it because he because he he doesn't want to seem like the bad guy but i think he ultimately knows that it's not about her it's funny that you mention like we need to take a bit of a detour but it's funny that you mentioned the bird cage thing um because there's uh, we don't really go into it in this we don't really go into their story in this one but um peggy's little um actually do we go into peggy's thing here i don't think we do no um so uh, Peg, peggy's um when she gets the dress she's wearing a bright red dress like um joan was wearing she's wearing joan's that. dress isn't she she's wearing joan's dress it's not the same dress but it is bright red and it does remind me of that episode where joan was trapped and i guess betty's kind of trapped um she's kind of been seduced into this job but now she's kind of like got all this new responsibility not that i think that comes up in the episode but there is a kind of, yeah, there is a kind of a uh, bit of a parallel there with them two and like how um, Joan, uh, Betty now is kind of, yeah, I feel like what you said about her being trapped is kind of uh, about uh, Peg, uh, what you said about Betty being trapped kind of goes for Peggy as well. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I, can't, I can't help but get those names mixed up, I'm sorry. Everyone's name ends in a Y. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about let's talk about the the um the the audition thing with um with Betty. I mean, that is a gorgeous dress. It was well, what what this, it was so kind of different to everyone else's, right? But it, but that's what I mean. She's she's she explains. She's like, oh, you know, it's a bit different from that from in my day. Um, and I think yeah. she and the thing is that whole again that whole scene is that selling of that whole thing like you know he comes out he brings out this fabulous art director man and is like this is our art director and he's going to take care of you didn't I tell you she's like Grace Kelly the whole yeah. thing is just almost suckering sucking her in like it's very <laughs> like that whole thing is staged like he 
because we know it was staged now, especially because we know what happens at the end of the episode. But that whole thing is those other women were never going to even have a chance at this job. <laughs> it's all done. It's all constructed. Well, it's there. It is advertising. It's all constructed the same way an advert is. It's very like she comes in. She believes she's grateful that she's got the job. Um, you know, because he 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 made oh it's not it's not a done deal and it's not this and it's not that but it mm. it was um but it was the thing is it wasn't about i think it's not about selling her though it's about selling the job to don that's that's what it's really about yeah so when we were talking before about how don has all the control over betty really what this episode is and why i keep going back to the demagogue demagogue thing is really it's about how it's about how don has the control you're correct but also how um Jim's trying to get control and how he's using all these different people to kind of and pulling all these different and scheming and doing all these different things to kind of get control of all these people but what's really what I really like about this episode uh, this scene with um Betty and um and uh Jim and Jim's uh cousin is it cousin or brother-in-law I don't know some kind of uh, re- relation um is that um it's really about how about nepotism and well that's another sort of demagogue thing where um they'll use people they'll they'll give people who are friends and relatives really good jobs and um you know obviously we got betty going in for this job to get this to, to become this um you know the only reason she's there is because she knows this dude and the only reason the guy's helping her out is because he has to help her out because he's the brother-in-law of the the boss or whatever. And also, there's a bit, there's a little line that they say where um, uh, I think Ronnie says um, that that Jim thinks everybody else's job is easy, and that's kind of another thing that demagogues do, where they kind of mm. over, oversimplify things. Um, so Betty, Betty's when she's taking the photographs, it's just. I think that the whole there's a whole situation now where we see Betty getting getting a photograph taken, and then we see the it cuts to the birds, and then it cuts back to to Betty, and it's kind of did you see any kind of uh, it's it's pretty overt, but did you see the um, did you see the 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 connections there? No. Nah. So we get the we get Betty sort of getting her photographs taken. And, um, you know, she's all smiling and she looks really happy and she's like, you know, it's as happy as she's ever been. Uh, and then it cuts straight back to the kids in the garden, in the garden, oh, yeah. looking at the birds being and like, so, and, and I'll explain what happens just so, you know, you can make your own mind up. But like, so the neighbor calls back the birds as they're flying with, oh, promises, yeah. of, with promises of bird seed and the dog attacks them. And then the neighbor threatens the dog. To, uh, I mean, yeah. If you're asking me if if the birds are like some sort of metaphor for Betty and her career, and yes, I I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I I am I am not that dense, but I also think it's interesting that there's a flock of birds and not just one bird, um, yeah, which I point. which I guess is why later on, um, you know, when she shoots them you have to question what is her motive there is it is it envy is it just 
she doesn't want to have to see it anymore is it I, th- I think it's just rage like i think it's just like rage that she's just lost her I, I mean also like can we just quickly mention before we go back on track that yeah. she does not know how to shoot a gun like <laughs> like honestly like the thing was so far away from her eye like i have no <laughs> idea she was just like wildly firing into the sky she's like that cartoon who's in like bugs bunny who just like has two and one in each arm and just fires into the sky she's like that and she didn't yeah, actually hit any. she didn't actually hit any though did she no i don't think she did well yeah well, there she's you not go. a very good shot no. she's a terrible shot <laughs> um but yeah so she gets um I, you're, you're right about the the flock of birds i don't understand because to me i think part of that is i actually think because what it actually is is it is a flock of birds flying around but then it's only one bird that comes to get the bird seed and that gets attacked and and if you, you're right, so like a, a flock of birds as opposed to one bird is interesting. But then I was thinking about this, and I think that before that, before that scene, we see the um, Ethel, the girl, the woman that's supposed to look after them. We see her asleep on the uh, on the couch as the kids are just running around by themselves. Yeah, and it's almost like through this, um, everybody feels a lot more freer. So the kids feel free mom's you know mom's got her mom's happy she's got her thing everybody's really happy and everyone's kind of like doing what they want and then yeah so and then because don is threatened by this and i guess don would be the dog in this situation no uh, no 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 don is not the dog don is the neighbor okay don is the one who released her from the cage right so she's happily flying around the okay. and then he's the one that calls her back to the cage because he knows like in the this is in the real thing now he knows that the dog is going to bite if it's kind of like he he knows the danger of of letting her fly around uh, and i think that when he turns around when his bird is hurt so the, let's say the bird is betty when the bird when the bird is hurt <laughs> yeah. he then says to the kids I'm just going to shoot that dog if I ever see it. And that's exactly why Don doesn't accept the job. Because the the dog is Jim. Okay. Yeah, I can take that. Yes. Um, that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can, I can accept that. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Like, I don't... Because I, I went through this over my head, like, over and over and over. And I wasn't sure, like, genuinely wasn't sure which way to... Which, which way it all sort of works out, if it works out in that way at all. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, th- that's that's a perfectly yeah reasonable uh, reading of it. Um, the only reason I, the only thing I wanted to point out was the fact that um, the dog only attacks um, attacks a bird because the guy tells the dog to come and pick up the bird seed, t- tells the pigeon to pick up the bird seed. If that makes any sense, if he hadn't said that then that bird wouldn't have been anywhere near the dog in the first place. But yeah, I, yeah, I honestly... Because, I, because the well. bird seed is the modelling. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the bird that, is going. What, the bird is free. I mean. That's the that's the point where Betty is free. She's doing what she wants. Blah blah blah. She goes in for the modelling, right? That's what she's doing. She's going in to get this modelling career back. The dog yeah. is Jim, who's like you know i'm i don't i'm i'm i don't want this i want don it's all about don 
Uh, and Don is just protecting his birds because the bird, I mean, the bird isn't dead when he picks up the bird as well. It's not dead. That's true. Um, the only re- okay, so I don't know if this is like my point is like I don't know how much you can say this is a, a, a like you know a one to one thing like because I, I the thing is you could say that the the Don is the the owner but you could also say that Jim is the owner. Uh, Jim is the neighbor because they they basically Jim if you're saying that the neighbor is um, offering the bird seed. Um, it's actually Jim that's offering the 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 photography thing. But and I know that Don's letting her do it, but at the same time, Jim's the guy that offered it to her. So but, I, you know. but, but Don doesn't want to hurt Betty. Don wants to keep Betty safe. Like, Don wants to keep Betty in the cage, right? He's, he's let her out to have a little run around, a little fly around, but he's yeah. always intending for that bird to go back in that cage. Right, okay, that okay. would be my would be my reading of it because it's kind of like I don't think Don I think I I believe that he does love her, yeah. Um, okay. And I just I'm think not, that it she, he knows the danger because he lives that in that world. He lives in that world full of sneaky affairs and like you know alcoholics. I said we were gonna do this in less in less than an hour. Yeah, we need to we need to crack on. So what's next? So um, I think we can. So we've done the dream sequence uh, and then. Then well, there's the whole thing with um bet with um where um Sally was really upset um and there's a, a, other things about demagoguery in there, but um really oh so do you know what we missed out? What we missed out the bit where where they kind of where Betty says she got the job. Yeah, but I don't know if there's a whole lot in that scene. That's just a lot of begging, begging Don to let her do it. I think there is, and I think it's kind of. Oh. I think it's the most relevant. <laughs> I think it's the most relevant thing that um, that I've got to say about the relationship. I know because I've been talking about demagogues the whole time, and not really kind of talking about the actual story. So basically, that tiny little scene. It's really weird because she tells she comes in and she this is this scene comes after the bit where um, Pete is just kind of told that story about how you know has come up with that idea of how he's gonna how they're gonna get nixon sort of more exposure um and it's really about how these different ideologies so you wipe out what 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 pete's plan is basically is that you wipe out um part of you you you, you take away the the real estate for um for kennedy's campaign and that gives all the power or all the kind of um, all the strength to um, to Nixon's campaign, um, and so what happens in the next scene is Betty comes in and she tells she tells Don oh, I got the job, and if you watch the scene properly, it's so backwards and forwards about who's in control, and it's them two fighting for dominance in the relationship, like she like so. Um, Betty will go up over to Don and she'll start kissing him and like. He'll start. He'll start undressing her dress. Then she'll say, um, "Let's go upstairs." And he'll say, "No, let's stay here and do it." And then she said, and then to the point where like the very last word is Betty's, and she says, "Okay," just because like that's that's the way I read it anyway. Um, but you clearly didn't notice. Anything. <laughs> I think I'm well, no, because it's like classic. He just wants to take her clothes off. Like it's just. I mean, I don't know. That's. Just... <laughs> 
Let's just, you know, let's just shag on the sofa for a change. And she's like, all right, then. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking about it too much. Maybe. Um, maybe, or maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> that's, the, that's the amazing thing. Isn't it? Um, but anyway, so, yeah. Uh, and then let's just talk about the last bit. Like, so when Betty doesn't, when Betty loses the job, what did you think of that? Are we talking in the photo shoot? Yeah. I mean, it's mean they didn't let her keep the jewellery. It is. Um, but what I think the most telling <laughs> thing about this, I think the most telling thing about this, is that, are you, have you got anything else? <laughs> um... I mean, it just goes over and it's like, oh, we're not after Grace Kelly anymore. We don't want Grace <laughs> Kelly anymore. We want, we want, what does he say? Well, I don't actually, so there's something about them going to, going to Europe and doing some stuff. Um, but oh, what, he's can, shooting it in London, isn't it? So he's like, oh, yeah. something. Yeah. Well, like, what jumped which... out at me, what jumped out at me for that was right. The last thing he says, it, it has nothing to do with you. And it all boils down to this idea that, there's been this whole tug of war these like between these like powerful people trying to seduce each other and trying to get control over each other and betty's been used as a pawn in the whole thing and then she's just dumped with like nothing but photographs to kind of remind her of the whole thing which again demagoguery <laughs> but also it's like it's a reminder it's like you know photo is it's a memory it's almost like she's relived her memory her memory is photos it's like that is what that life is to her now it's it's never gonna be the way that it was and i think here's here's a question do you think betty knows that she's been used no i don't actually i don't either and the reason i don't is because of the next scene with betty uh where she basically just lies about being fired yeah i mean yeah i think but but again she's selling it comes back to the advertising thing where she's selling actually you know this life is even better like i get to look after my children and you know it's kind of and take care of her man and she's she's almost selling yeah. reselling this idea of motherhood and 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 also not to go not to be on a an old drama or whatever but uh, a, a big sort of um, another thing that demagogues do is they don't like to admit weakness. They don't like to back down. They don't like to show that they failed. And uh, yeah, that's what she's doing. Well, I think she also thinks that she's taking care of her husband, though, isn't she? She's sort of like selling well, it to him another, as. Well, that, that's another thing that because, like, I feel like the two of them are lying to each other in that fight. Oh my scene, god! Yeah. Where, where where she's saying like oh i, I want to do this i want to look after the kids and don's kind of like um uh, almost like yeah he's he's like like he's advertising it to her that it's like the it's the best thing she could do is look after the kids cuz she's so good at it and it's like it's him using that um using that connection to her kids to kind of like manipulate her into doing something that she's not that it's not it's not that she doesn't like looking after her kids i'm sure but you know she wants more than that and he's basically saying you're the best mother in the world this is your this is the greatest thing that you could possibly be doing and it's like oh i want to do some other stuff as well um, yeah yeah he's kind of yeah just kind of steamrolling like her wants and needs to kind of just get to the one thing that he wants 
I just, um, I, I did just want to say about that scene. There is yeah. one thing that really distracted me the whole way through, which What's is, that? what the hell are they eating? Like honestly, it's got like if you look at it, if you look at it close enough, it's like. It just looks like mince, but it's got like bits of blue in it and stuff. And I'm just like, well, and then at the end, and then he's like, oh, this doesn't seem like it was thrown together. And she's like, it's good, isn't it? And she's put like a spoonful on her plate. She's got like this massive plate. And I'm like, well, her eating issues are back, aren't they? And I literally spent the whole of that scene just being a bit obsessed with like what on earth was in that dish. I was like, that does not look like good food to me. Yeah. You're like, and that's, no and that's, all, that's all I have to say about, about Betty. Well, we still have to talk about the final shot. Well, I've told you. It's, you know, she gets mad. She goes into the garden. She can't shoot. She misses the birds. The birds are flying away. The birds represent what could have been or other people. Who knows? So I think the reason this shot is at the end of the um, show, uh, you know, I'm sure there's there's other reasons. Like, I, she's obviously angry and sort of maybe jealous sort of shooting down these free flying birds because she's not free. And maybe that kind of like points out her personality as we go on through the ep- through the show. Like I know you I know you like her at the moment, but I don't think it goes well for her for most of this for most of this show without don't want to spoil it too much, but I don't think she stays nice. Um um but also thinking back to the demagogues and I'll stop talking about them, I promise. Um but just one of the things cuz I, I because this this shot's such a weird shot and everyone's kind of it's one of those things that stands out to you when you watch it and like I've always like remembered it. It's definitely one of the things that stood out to me when I when I first watched it. Um so I feel like one of the things that demagogues do is they like to be down with the people. They want to be like, you know, for instance, um they like to be folksy and sort of like, you know, I'm you know, I used to go out shooting and sort of do you know what I mean? That kind of trying to be down with the rural people and sort of uh, sort of sidle up against them and say hey I'm just like you and uh, I feel like there's a bit of a nod to that with that with with the way she's kind of like she's got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth she's kind of like shooting at things in the sky and it's kind of it kind of evokes that for me uh, but yeah, let's let's move on from that now. Let's move yeah, on we're from gonna. Betty. I'm down to fifteen percent battery, so we're gonna have right, to go okay. a little faster. <laughs> all right, okay, all right. We'll do we'll do Don's story really quickly. Uh, yeah, we won't, even, we won't even go through it like step by step. We'll just like pick out certain things. So, all right. Like, what's the most the biggest thing that jumps out at you at Don's story? Don is. He is the cat that got the cream for me in this episode. He has obviously got offers coming out of his wazoo. He wins at the beginning. He wins at the end um, because he gets his big salary increase. Um, and he also, I think I think for him, he knows how much power he's got in this episode. And I think he, he uses it um, very well uh, and is very kind of clever about it. Um, I think... The big question for me was why did he choose to stay at Sterling Cooper? And I think the the reason for that is control. I think he saw through. I think the Betty move caused him to see through Jim's uh, ulterior motives, if you like, um, yeah. and to make him see that he would just be a poor... He's an important guy at Sterling Cooper. Like, he has... Like everyone says, everyone loves the guy. Like, he's got this good reputation and he's on a good salary and he has his own office and all that kind of stuff. And he, it's kind of like... He knows that he just becomes uh, a small fish in a big pond rather than being a big fish in a small pond. 
uh, like he is at Sterling Cooper. So I think, you know, he made the right decision and he got free membership to the athletic club. He got some golf clubs. He got his, some pretty pictures of his wife and he got a, a, what seemed to be like a $10,000 pay increase. So I think I think he won pretty good this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, he did really well. Um, the one thing that... Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. And, and, you know, there's loads of stuff I could say. There's a whole scene. You know the scene with him and Roger? Roger with the clubs? Yeah. Roger uses every um, populist trick in the book to keep him there. Like, you can go through it and they're all there, but I won't read them all out. Um, but the only thing I really want to say about Don, um, just to save time, is that, um, you know, when he goes into... When he goes into um, Roger's office at the end to kind of, like, accept the job. And you, you said all this stuff about he's, he's sitting pretty and, like, everything's going well for him, right? Yeah. Um, well, do you remember when we were talking about episode... God, what episode was it? Oh, the New Amsterdam episode, episode four. Yeah. And how I was saying it's about the Ubermensch and, and how, like, there's certain people that are kind of... Um, that are kind of earmarked to be sort of like great and sort of change things and sort of, you know, follow, you know, become, think of a new way of thinking and all this kind of stuff. Who could forget the Ubermensch? <laughs> so, well, so when Don goes into that office, he kind of, he walks past Pete and Pete's got all these people laughing at him and everyone's kind of like, you know, and, every, and, and Pete's being a dick. But And, and he walks into the office and, the, and, and, and Roger says to him, and he kind of recalls the conversation they had in that episode where he says, I can't promise you that I know I, I know I promised you that that Pete wouldn't be um, wouldn't go on to greater things. But I can't promise that now, which kind of um, so it kind of highlights that episode. And I feel like in this like this. So there's there are two things. So there's demagogues who are kind of like they force their way and they kind of built on sort of shallow promises and they've got no talent and they're kind of just pretty horrible human beings that sort of force their way to the top but then on the other hand you've got the ubermensch who everybody loves at one point i think someone says that about don like everybody loves him uh and and they do have talent and they they are good at stuff and they can do stuff and, and they kind of not that they necessarily deserve it but People aren't sort of angry. People give them stuff. And I feel like that's what Don is in this episode. He's kind of, he's like, and he is the Ubermensch. He's like, and it's kind of like confirming him as that thing. Um, and that's why we see all that. That's why all that stuff's going on in that that part of the episode. Cool. And, <laughs> and I, I guess that, yeah, I just wanted to make that point. And uh, you're not going to, you don't think I'm sort of, crazy or no i just think he yeah i i I don't know i think sometimes you see all this other stuff i just see it as a straight up don sees those pictures of betty he walks straight (laughs) into roger's office and remember that the last the the last trick that roger used was when he left don's office and said i'm taking this one personally or something along those lines oh yeah yeah, he pulls he pulls those emotional strings right yeah yeah, and and i think that's that's the difference is it's like people you know that's what ultimately makes this decision is that you know when there's that whole thing with like roger and betty it becomes personal like they care like but 
with this, Jim doesn't care about Betty. He doesn't care about anything other than getting what he wants. Whereas I think Don is a bit more like, there's a difference between a want and a need. And I think at Sterling Cooper, Don is needed and he knows that he can walk into that room at that point safely and be like, I'm staying, but I want no contract and I want a $10,000 pay increase or whatever. And he knows he can walk in and he can have the balls to do that, whereas he wouldn't be able to do that uh, at this other company. And I think, you know, I, I, I think it's just a shrewd business move that he's played them both the whole way through like because don could have said no from the very beginning like True. and we're, we're made to think that he's like trying to make up his mind but actually i think that he knew from the very start and he's playing this game the same way he's playing a game with betty where he's letting her do this thing but he has no intention of letting it carry on it's one of those uh, things where he's just and i think it's don's don that's the conclusion of don's game and he's got exactly what he wanted Honestly, I don't know if he. No, I don't think he. On, I, I think that's part of one of the one of the points of this this episode is I don't think he does know what he's doing. I think he's just not jumping to conclusions, and he's just kind of like going, yeah. I think he's just seeing how it all sort of play out until yeah. until something does actually scare him. And the yeah. thing that does scare him is this idea that Betty's gonna he's gonna leave basically no i don't know i don't know it's a, there's there's a lot in in the don story because there's also that bit and i can't remember where it happens now it might be right at the end um where he sort of says actually i don't want to do this forever i want to do something else yeah, um Roger, yeah. and i think that that's very much a sign of like he's he's following his path the same way betty sort of deviates from hers of being a housewife and then going into a model and then going into a housewife again, whereas he doesn't stray from his path. He continues to climb his ladder. But mm. his, I think his issue isn't, you know, how successful he is. Like, he can achieve that. And that's something he could confidently walk into that room and ask for. What he yeah. doesn't know is where he's going to go next. So he is still sort of... He's almost clinging to his cage too. Like, the same yeah. way that Betty is is being forced back into hers, he mm. is he is just as much sort of trapped in his because he's scared of the outside yeah yeah no i i i, I agree i i see where you're coming from on that um right so we should move on from that let's do peggy <laughs> let's do peggy and pete together shall we let's do peggy okay cool um yeah so what stood out to you about these guys i have one scene that i really really liked with involving peggy at least is it her skirt ripping Nope, it's well, not quite. It's something to do with her skirt whipping. Is it when she goes to see Joan? It's yes. Is it because we love Joan so much? Not really. (laughs) Well, that that is true, but both it doesn't have to kind of correlate with this. Joan's a Uh, bit of a bitch in this episode, though, actually, isn't she? Like, you know, she's almost, she's almost like a, (laughs) she's almost like a demigod. Oh my god. All right. Every time, so I've got some whiskey in front of me. Every time you say that word, in fact, you know, at the beginning of this episode, you should put a thing in that says every time that you say "Danny God," take a drink. <laughs> take a drink. Because yeah, you will be smashed at the end of this if you do that. Um, okay. All right. I'm gonna. Um, let's just quickly talk about poor Peggy, who is who rips her skirt apparently because she's put on lots of weight. Now, like, I don't know. I'm not a big person in terms. Of, I like, you know let's get personal, I struggle with my own weight, blah, blah, blah. But I don't, like, it's quite sad that, because she's not fat, is she? No, she isn't. 
But they're so mean to her. Like I'm they're just so like, mean to her. They're so and poor Aunt Hildy as well. They're not about so that, fat, Okay, but. so another detail. So that that scene with Hildy, right? Did that not remind you of the way everybody used to treat Peggy? Well, definitely Pete used to treat Peggy. Yeah. So and what's the difference being that obviously Peggy eventually ended up sleeping with him and you know when when they sort of asked her to come into the office she sat down and she had a drink and she was kind of like part of it she was trying to be part of the boys but with hildy hildy was like no <laughs> i'm not interested i don't want to be part of your populist regime yeah i mean demigods. i kind of love hildy as well because she's also brilliant in that episode where he points a gun in her face and she just doesn't give a shit like i quite like hildy um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very much Pete's kind of doing his normal macho thing, isn't he? In this episode, like I'm gonna yeah. be great, I'm amazing, blah blah. Testosterone, testosterone, etc., etc. Well, well, well t- t- Pete is Pete is the perfect example of a demigod. I know I keep saying that. Mm, drink <laughs> every <laughs> every character, every like every character in this kind of has some sort of like has some sort of traits of that. But Pete let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Fola. Who Go isn't on. a Danny God? Who, that's a good question. It's a very very good question. <laughs> and I think, I think the only character who is in this who isn't a Danny God is um, Peggy. And I'll and, I, and actually I'll explain why she isn't a Danny God now. Oh, um, excellent. So the, so the point where um, so we got two two main scenes between her and. Um, and um um, joan and the first one is joan sort of like giving her all this stuff you know sort of like again just trying to get her on side and 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 peggy kind of sees that as i feel like peggy sees that as her trying to control her um it's because of the the way she at the end where she goes oh i just realized you're you think you're trying to help i think up until that point i think uh Peggy thought that um, Joan was trying to kind of like in some way sort of control her or sort of like get something over on her and that's why she was giving her all this stuff that's why she gave it back Um, but really what's really cool about it is obviously Peggy is doing her own thing she's like forging her own path and she's got the the um, uh, the skills or the creativity or whatever to kind of to do that and so when she says like I'm the first female copywriter that they've ever had at this company since the war, she says since 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 the war, it's 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 like with a real sort of sense of pride about it, and it's like a real thing that like nobody else can do. And at the same time, you've got her opposite Joan, who you know I agree with. She kind of in this episode is comes across as a bit of a bitch, and she's kind of but everything Joan kind of you know in within this episode, everything about Joan is this whole sort of she like manipulates her way into people she kind of she she knows how to control people she knows how to get she knows how to offer people what they want without actually giving it to them which in some cases like a like a really cool thing uh, to be able to do but like obviously in the within the framework of this episode it's kind of it's not the best thing right it's it's kind of it's manipulative it's underhand and it's not kind of but i, I think you know it, it's one of them where it is it's an interesting one because, like you say, I think, and I think Peggy sees this too, Joan is 
trying to help Peggy, right? And yeah. and how she's trying to do that, she I think there's an element of she's thinking about the ridicule side of things. She's not thinking about the career side of things necessarily. I think there's an element of she's especially because let's say Peggy rips a skirt. Then she walks around with the cardigan around her waist, which is, you know, I don't know if guys got this, but it's like, you know, it's like when you have your period and you leak. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. I and that's why I I, that's why when you're in high school, girls used to do that if they had a little accident when they uh, when they really? were, when Aunt Flo came to visit. Yeah, because you don't want to walk do around you, with a big blood just, stain on your ass, do you? Can I can I just say, you know how we come into these episodes and I try to dazzle you with these things that I think you never <laughs> noticed? <laughs> oh, you, didn't you just know. did that to me in my yeah. life. Yeah, no, that's so. It's like a thing that girls do. If you have a little leak, you tie a jumper or a cardigan around your, your waist so no one can see it, right? Whenever um, I see that now, I'm going to be thinking. Well, so not necessarily every time, but like nine times out of ten. Um, at school especially it's a very school girl thing to do and she does okay. it obviously in an attempt to hide the rip in her skirt Joan yeah. sees it and thinks she's had an accident with her period and right, it's very okay. much like I think their I think their relationship in this is very much almost like it's almost like well, Joan is a senior at school and yeah. it's like Peggy is the junior and she sees her and she's like she asks her, she's she acts like maybe she's had a leak with her period I don't know I'm really sorry if that's wrong everyone but like and then and then later on she she almost like questions her virginity and whether she's still a virgin yeah, and like it's very that. much like this she, it's almost like they're they're at high school and they're the two polar opposite ends yeah, of high yeah, school yeah. um but, but um, but Betty like doesn't want anything to do with it. Like Betty's kind of like, no, I I can look after myself. I'm fine. Do you mean Peggy? Peggy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, another drinking game. Every time. Yeah, I there you go. <laughs> if you have no idea what Crapola is talking about, he's probably talking about a different character. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. But, um. So Peggy kind of she doesn't she doesn't. She she really doesn't get sucked into it. She doesn't want anything to do with um with the way that um she doesn't want anything to do with the way that Joan sees the world. And but I feel you, like But why do you think my so I think that's because that I think Peggy does have a have a have a certain amount of, of naivety. She's also she's not the kind of person who she never asks for help. So I think Joan sort of sees it upon herself to be this kind of person that goes over and sort of tries to... Because, I mean, that whole thing of, like, she's kind of like the cool old sister who's like, oh, I'll lend you my dress then. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she's like, oh, you should keep the dress. And sort of, yeah. you know, it's it, she's very much like the older sister type. Like, it'll help you uh, get along with, with the guys. And the thing is, because for Joan... That's how she got ahead, right? Like yeah, what? Exactly. There's no, there's no like in terms of success, right? Yeah. Although Peggy is there's doing no something that's possible. Well, although Peggy's doing something that's possibly more controversial and more like women first, Joan has also been successful in certain areas as well and she's you know she's she's ruling the roost she yeah. you know you were talking about last week how like all the guys were like mesmerized as she's sort of like dancing in the club <laughs> yeah. and it's like she has her own ways but what she what she does is she's trying to almost push those ways onto peggy now peggy exactly. i think peggy doesn't respond to that not because she doesn't appreciate joan's methods but because i think yeah. peggy knows that she's never going to be that person yeah. Yeah, exactly. She can't do yeah. that. So it's a total. So if 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 Beth if if Peggy 
does end up sort of doing. I thought what you were going to say Becky then. I was like, who's Becky? <laughs> <laughs> if 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 Peggy does end up doing what Joe, she'll always be second place. She'll always she'll she she needs so she so Peggy needs her own sort of thing to kind of you know to forge her own path, and she knows this, and she's kind of like she's very aware that she doesn't want to be second place. She wants to be first place for herself, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so the reason so I, I think we should sort of end it pretty soon um so i'm gonna say this and then we can kind of try and clean some stuff up and then move on but um the reason i'm bringing this up and the reason i'm sort of like talking about how it's like peggy's sort of um pers- it's like peggy's sort of worldview versus um joan's worldview is like it's almost like the way um Ken, the Kennedys. It's it's almost like the, the the way those adverts are kind of, um, the way that they're trying to. So, trying to work, trying to explain this. Okay, let me let's let's explain it another way. So, there's an advert when when Don's falling asleep in the in one of the scenes. Don's falling asleep and there's an advert playing, and it's an advert for Lionel, and the advert is basically about how Lionel sort of um, destroys germs. And to me, I kind of have this mental image of this, like, it's like these two different things fighting each other, right? There's a, there's the, there's, there's a Lionel, this kind of bleach sort of uh, disinfectant thing. And then there's the germs, right? And they're kind of like fighting each other. And they're kind of like two different ideologies, like pushing up against each other. And one has to win out over the other. And that's what happens with the Kennedy-Nixon um, um, campaign, where you've got these two different ideologies and they're tr- trying to fight each other and and Pete kind of um, cheats it by adding more sort of um, more space for Nixon. So like Nixon kind of has more power. He's kind of like this bigger sort of amorphous blob sort of thing. And uh, and I feel like that's kind of reflected also in this the scene with um with Betty and, and Joan. Where... <laughs> Peggy. <laughs> oh whatever. You know the the mousy one. <laughs> oh my god, you did not just say that. <laughs> the, uh, you know, sorry, Peggy. Um... <laughs> I will. Don't worry, ladies. I will be at Pola <laughs> afterwards for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Peggy. Um, <laughs> um, so no, so. <laughs> They, but I'm just saying that like the two of them have these like two different ideologies and they're clashing against each other, and um, and I feel like that's kind of what the whole thing sort of boils down to. I mean, we could have mentioned fascism as well, and uh, again, we could have gone back to the whole totalitarianism thing, but I'm not going to go into that. I mean, there's um, a there's still a whole lot like you know. I mean, there's uh, there's so much there's all of these episodes have almost too much stuff in yeah, them because we do. haven't we I'm haven't to realize that. we haven't talked about like you just touched on the whole nixon thing um yeah. and then you know there's also uh the, the scene at the end which maybe we should touch on very briefly now which is uh when pete lays one into uh kenny for, oh, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. for saying that awful phrase which is you know what they say about lobsters all the meats and the tail which i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and the thing is you know what i don't get it's like men's taste just change so much like everyone loves a, yeah a these days don't they they're like well into it but back then it was like oh no she's she's got a big bum but she doesn't even have a big bum no she doesn't um 
Okay, seeing as you brought it up, um, <laughs> that guy, what did you think of the? So I, I'll just say it. So I don't, I don't want to be around the bush. So the um, again, like populist. Um, the, what's interesting about that scene is they're, they're fighting in the background, and uh, Roger and Don, kind of the you know the senior people in the office, just kind of walk off like unfazed by the whole thing, and it's kind of. It's exactly the same thing that happens to Betty, who's this kind of, she's like almost like this pawn in this game. And she's kind of, she's destroyed by what happens to her by getting fired. And she's like had her emotions messed with and she just messed about. And the same thing happens with the guys is that, you know, them two are fighting, the, the, the two guys are fighting and the whole office and all the workers are kind of like kill, tearing chunks out of each other. And then the two guys who are kind of like part of it, who are kind of inst instigated the whole thing just walk off on phase and that's obviously another populism thing where you know i don't want to be all uh political about this but like you know honestly um demigogs they're not good for us they're destroying our lives right because <laughs> while we're while they're kind of like you know fighting for power and everything it's the people who kind of like who follow them who end up fighting and like you know throwing throwing each other under under the bus on twitter and sort of like your friends kill each other and sort of nations nations divided and all this kind of crap and like that's kind of that's what it's all about that's kind of so that's what i felt from that fight at the end and it's all um, boris johnson's fault <laughs> yeah. uh, yes yes and donald yes, trump I, and donald trump's fault and donald trump yes um uh, i think that's it though i think i think we've we've done it right let's we've, leave it there well it's an hour 18 and probably less than that. So that's not bad, right? Well, I think, you know, when you've edited it, I mean, I think... <laughs> when I've edited it, we'll we, we should just call this off. episode the Betty episode. So I think we spent a good hour <laughs> discussing Betty and what the birds meant. And then, like, literally the rest of them, we did it about half an hour. But anyway, we... The fact that we actually did that, we should probably try and use that next time we do a podcast. <laughs> all right well you know I, I think all that's left is uh, for us to say you know uh we hope you're enjoying the podcast please do yes. send us your feedback um yes the links are in the bio and i said them at the beginning of this podcast so you should remember them and like Fola, who can't remember anyone's <laughs> name um so anyway uh from me uh i hope you enjoyed it and i'll talk to you next time Fola. and from me just remember sopranos is even better. <laughs>